Is that old school? Is that bad for me to say? What up, everybody? I say I say that all the time. So I wanted to try something different. So hello. As my daughter would say, hello. Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Just Joe podcast. Episode 38. 38. I'm bringing back an old friend that I had on early part of the podcast. I don't know, maybe in the first three or four episodes I had this guy. He is my best friend. I can honestly say he's one of my closest and dearest friends in the world. And the crazy thing is, is that him and I have literally only hung out in person a handful of times in all the years we've known each other. But we are kindred spirits. His name is Ryan Belcher. Uh, I had him on to just talk about what it's like to be a, a working musician. Um, him and I connected years and years ago in Brand New Sin, and he was the bass player in Wednesday 13. And then we reconnected years later and we just immediately bonded over a phone call. And, and there was a time in my life, there's been times like I, it, it rarely goes a day where I don't speak to this guy. And when I was going through some really rough shit in my life, this guy was there for me two, three times a day, two, three times a day on the phone. Uh, man, just, I love talking to Rain. Rain and I have just, you know, very similar lives very similar life paths and just we can just have the best conversations we inspire each other and uh i don't know i could go on and on it's a bromance and i don't ever see it stopping but i'm bringing him on this week because i wanted to get something very specific i can never say that word specific out uh i want to talk about the death of the rock star let's say quote unquote the rock star not a rock star in particular just the term rock star we are seeing every day we are losing our idols people that we grew up with uh people that we idolized watching on mtv listening to on the radio those golden gods that started rock and roll heavy metal all these genres of music that we love are starting to slowly pass away and i think we may never see anything like them again and i want to talk about the death of the rock star that's what we're going to do. There's actually a, a, a pinpointed topic this week, and we're going to see where it goes. So everybody, please welcome my buddy, Rayan Belshack. <laughs> I, I wish I listened to you sooner to buy it. Yeah, so I remember telling you a year ago about it, and you were like, that. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, no, I can do this through my computer. And I would literally sit there and spend hours and hours. The amount of time I spent trying to just figure out how to fucking do it through the computer when I just was like, you know what? If I just spend 600 bucks, <laughs> I'd have it all done. It's, yeah. it's pretty amazing. And, and you can um, carry it around and travel with it. Yeah. Too. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm just about to buy another SM7B or they, they have a podcasting mic. So I might buy the two. They're a little bit cheaper. They're seeing the SM, the SM7s are just for podcasting. So I might buy another one of those. And then they actually already make road cases for these things that the SMs. Oh yeah. So I'm just going to buy one, one of those. Yeah. I got one for mine. That's, I want to say maybe a hundred bucks, 150 bucks yeah. or something. Totally, totally nothing, worth it. Nothing crazy. Yeah. How was the but, gig? How was the gig, man? Oddly, man, it was slow, but it's it just, Oh, it was just slow. It's just really good weather. Fourth of July is coming up. Maybe, I don't know what. Usually this place is packed, elbows to buttholes through the whole thing. And tonight it was just a ghost town. It was weird. Yeah. But I was just hosting bingo. So it wasn't like it's some, um, like I, 
they they pick different guys in different bands to host trivia and bingo and stuff. And I've been doing that for them for a little while. So it wasn't like a gig where I was sitting there singing to people. Oh, actually, that would be a nice change of pace, to be honest with you. I think. Dude, it kind of is. Like the first week he asked me to do it, I was like, well, I don't know how to do it. He's like, we just need a host. Just <laughs> play this playlist and say, next song, bingo, you win. Oh. So it was, it was so easy. <clears throat> the next week, he had a cancellation. And so I filled in. And then I just, dude, I've been doing, doing it most weeks. You know, they'll have other guys come in and do trivia and all that stuff. Killer. But I've been handling it, and it's been, it's like, you ever do a gig that's so easy, you almost feel slightly guilty? <laughs> You're just like, yeah. hey, I'm going to take the money, but I, I, this gig was so easy, I could have. Yeah. Like, 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 like the gig I had tonight was just, uh, I, I didn't stream tonight because I had this corporate gig, but it was just so, it was like, all I had to do was set up in this courtyard, and it was an insurance company just like bringing their clients in to have beers and food. And like everyone was right. just mingling and I just sat in the corner. Dude, I played whatever the hell I wanted. Nobody said a thing to me. My daughter sat next to me, played freaking Roblox on her iPad <laughs> and got paid really nice. And I, I drove home after like, it was an hour and a half gig. I was like, Jesus, man. I'm like, that was way too easy. You know? Yeah, dude. <laughs> and that's how these gigs are. But yeah, it was kind of slow tonight. I mean, to be honest, but it wasn't, it wasn't, um, you know, the end of the world or anything, but. Yeah. So, what's yeah. uh, what's what's the scoop for the 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 show tonight? All right, so I already did an intro. Of, I I just hit record as soon as someone calls me because my producer already edits. He'll edit all this shit out. But like, I got this thing on my mind that like, um, like the death of a rock star, the rock star. Like you know, we're we're experiencing you know, like I said in the intro, like we're losing idols every day. Like we could wake up tomorrow and Keith Richards could be gone. You know, Paul McCartney could be gone. I mean, they're all at the age every day where somebody from some band, whether they were huge or not, or even, you know, underground or anything like that. Some people are just dying every day. The the pioneers of what we worshiped are all gone are all leaving us. And in the next 10 years, all the motherfuckers are going to be gone. Right. Yeah. And you would think, yeah. And, you know, I mean, how much longer do you think, you know, people like Paul McCartney and all those other people have, you know, I mean, we have to, we have to face that those people are going to die someday. And I think where I want to, what I want to discuss is that once they're gone, we're never going to see that. We're never going to see that again. We're never going to, we're never going to have those people again. They're gone. We're we're literally seeing the death of the rock star. Oh yeah, I mean, I agree a hundred percent. Do you? I mean, are we rolling now? Yeah, we're, are we're we rolling. Yeah, we're rolling, man. Okay, sorry, my dog's barking. Um, <laughs> okay, she hears you. You hear what, <laughs> Joe? Joe, you met Waffles. Didn't oh you? yeah, you got to meet Waffles, the Wonder Dog. Waffles she the gets Wonder excited. Man. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and this is grim, right? But it's just truth. It's like when I heard Motley Crue postpone their tour another year. I'm just like are all of them going to make it, <laughs> you know, right. because those guys, those guys, you know, lived a pretty rough life. And uh, if you would ask that those guys themselves 40 years ago, will you live to see 2021? They probably all four would have said no. Man. So, you know, you know, you, you hear about these tours and it's like, like when we lost Tom Petty, I always took for granted. I could see Tom Petty. I think, oh, I'll see him next time. I'll see him. And then he, he, he dies and yeah. you're just like, no, no way. It's yeah. like, these yeah. are myths. 
they're kind of mythical figures to us mm-hmm. because they always had a mystique. Whereas today, rock stars don't have that mystique. No, you know, and Not and these all. guys were they're supposed to live forever. And you know, you're right. You know, we're losing them, and well, it sucks. Yeah, I mean, Tom Petty was coming home from a tour just to rest. And then go back out on the road and like, I missed out on seeing him play. And then all of a sudden one day we wake up and you know, Prince is gone. One day we wake up and Tom Petty's gone. We're like, wait, what the, what the fuck is going on? We wake up one day, Chris Cornell's gone. Wake up one day, Chester's gone. And these people are dying a little bit younger than they should. You know? Yeah. Tom Petty had lived a full life and, and, and stuff like that, but he was still making music, you know, but it is unfortunate things, but this is what could happen. You know, I equate the rock stars that we look at, the people that we're referencing as, you know, there was Greek gods, you know, there was the Greek right. gods and they were mythical figures to this day. We don't, were they real? We don't know. We don't know if they're real or not, but they, right. we still talk about them. We learn about them. Like, we're in a time where they're going to talk about man, the legendary Prince John Lennon. They're going to be spoke about like the Greek gods. We're losing our Greek gods. And those people are going to be like, those, did those people really walk the earth? You know? No, you, and you can't, people can't even value how legendary these guys were because they want, they, you know, we, we both, participate in modern, you know, ways of promoting yourself. But those guys came up in an era where there was no internet. So I had to buy magazines once a month just to hope to see a picture of, them. <laughs> you know, they didn't, you know, they didn't have Patreon and stuff like, you know, like <laughs> where you saw them every day or Twitter, they were mythical figures of this mystique. And you're like, Oh, there's a picture of my favorite band, you know, and, or you get the tape or cassette or the record and you read every piece of the liner notes and these people became legends in our minds. You know, I could tell you this, Molly Crew, w- w- when, when I was a kid, they were just as much as comic book characters to me as Spider-Man is to yeah. any kid, like, you know, and same with kiss. You and I, both of you and I can say yeah. that with kiss kiss was just like, what the fuck are they? You know? And we didn't even know what they looked like. You know, no. there wasn't even a photo. Like once in a while, there was a picture in a magazine of Gene Simmons, like with a, like a bandana over his face or Paul Stanley with a bandana over. We had no idea what they looked like until like 1983, <laughs> you know? And, it, and, and even then it was their choice. You right. know, think about that. Think about how hard it would be to have a, a com- to be completely anonymous. Like now if somebody tried to come out and was, a, and, and was anonymous and tried to be the rock star who had this mystique and no, you didn't know anything about me, it doesn't exist because your neighbor would just get on Reddit and be like, <laughs> oh yeah, I know that guy. He, he does this and he, you know, he drives this kind of car. And, you know, right, right. It's, just, the, it's the, just a different world. The closest that we've gotten in recent times is Ghost, the band Ghost. Our, as soon as that band came out, there was like, yeah, this this is the guy, you know. Um, 
but they never confirmed or deny it, man. And they held on for a freaking before he eventually had to admit because he got sued that who he was. And then it finally came out of who he was, but he still stays in character. He won't do anything unless he's in character. Even if you go out to the bus and wait for him to come out, the tour manager comes out and he's like, listen, you guys can, you guys can hang out and we'll talk, but he goes, if anyone snaps a photo, I'm smashing your phone. Like they still, he's doing the best he can to do that. But like, even so we all knew who he was, you know? Yeah, but you're right. They're the last band that kind of, or, or that guy, what's his name? Tobias. Tobias. That, yeah. Yeah. He, I saw ghost open for a, a club band God, years ago and there might've been 40 people at Amos's and I was there and all, when they came on stage and that guy, the lights came up on the Tobias dude. I, I said to myself, that dude's going to be a rock star. Yeah. He's a rock star. Cause he had it. And yeah. you're right. They did, they did do a good job, even though it, it didn't take much digging to figure out who he right. was. Right. But, but the people that wanted that back, I know I didn't even try to even look. It, I think one of my friends told me who, who he was. I never looked because I enjoyed that right. mysticism. But, you know, and the, and the thing is, is think about this. The rock star world <clears throat> is so thirsty for rock stars. We're all so hungry for that. Ghost, you know, most of the rock stars we grew up with have timeless music that are going to be standards. Ghost musically, you know, they haven't put out top 40 hits. Our, our heroes, like, the Rolling Stones yeah. and all those guys, they have, they have songs that'll last forever. But what that Tobias guy did is he created a character yep. that's just, just as strong as anybody. So yeah, I think he's probably he, the last. He's probably, guy. but here's the thing. Here's the difference between like someone like ghost now and someone like kiss or any of those legends that we talked about. They were household names, Madonna, household name, share household name. Like, it didn't matter if you listen to them or not. Everybody in your house, whether it's your grandmother, your uncle, your mom, dad, whether they listened to them or not, they knew who they were. They don't know who the fuck Ghost is. <laughs> you know, Ghost is not yeah. a household name. They're still an it would be considered a very niche or underground band. No, I mean, well, well, that's that's what I was just saying. Is Ghost is not a top forty band? No, you know, uh, meaning. Meaning their singles, you know, you won't hear their single in the new version of Footloose. I mean, you know, that's just <laughs> what it is. But you might hear, but you might hear a Poison song or Motley Crue song, yeah. you know. But but Ghost, there, you know, they didn't. To me, I don't know that they'll go down in the folklore as strong because they don't have any top forty hits. So you're just like Home Sweet Home. That's Motley Crue, or you know, uh, Rock and Roll All Night, and they don't really even need it. They're a gigantic band. I mean, you know, but. Well, I, I think that guy did it as as good as you could do it right now. Right. Yeah. I think he did. Now, here's where I've been thinking. Like when I was on my run this morning, thinking about how what I wanted to talk about and where I really, really wanted to go with this. I think of a turning point of when the rock star started dying, and it all started with. And this is no offense, but. Ozzy blew the fucking roof off his own persona by having a reality TV show. And I think oh, once that hit and that was right at the cusp of like when social media and the internet was coming about and that show was such a huge hit 
that it blew the doors off of what we thought Ozzy was. And then it's like, it's like we saw the wizard behind the curtain and it was like, after that, it was like, it all went downhill. Like that was, that was, I think the catalyst moment for rock stars to be not the same. Well, the, you know what I, I, it, I would bet if, if you asked Ozzy today, he would, he would not do that show no. because th- they demystified him in front of the world, which the you know it's like it's like the antihero. Ozzy was always the bad guy, but everybody loved him. You know, right? Um, he you know the Bark of the Moon guy. You know, you know Ultimate Sin, and he was just the badass dude. And here he's on the Osbournes. The world that watched this guy they thought was a badass turn into the doop de doop clown. Right. They went. They really edited that. It messed up his whole thing. It's like I know. I remember watching that as a fan, cringing, going like, "I get it. It's funny and it's a good show, meaning it's entertaining." But you're crushing Ozzy, yeah. the, the 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 myth and the legend. He doesn't need to be remembered for, you know, Sharon. You know, he needs yeah. to be remembered for "I love you all." Good right. night. You know well, that which, kind of thing. Which I think he will. I still think he will because he, he is Ozzy, but like, I mean, he was, I mean, not go down that whole rabbit hole, but like he was going, they was going through like serious shit at that time. He was still struggling hardcore oh, yeah. with his sobriety and all that stuff. And you got to watch that. And that part, that part made me sad. Cause you watched that. But like, I think he has been, he was able to like survive it, you know, and he's still going to be Ozzy because of the fucking things he's done in his career. But it was that oh, yeah. moment when the things just started going, it started turning because that was when the business was starting. That was when Napster came out and all that stuff started happening at the same time where now all of a sudden we can access our rock stars, not on a, sometimes on a one-to-one basis via social media. Uh, and other times we are just getting a peer in of, of their lives you know, way too much, you know? Well, I think you're right. Uh, you know, now, you know, to think about it, I think Ozzy was such a strong force of a, just a gigantic figure in heavy metal. I think, you you know, it's been a long enough time since the Osbournes, he'll be remembered for, you know, yeah. for being the guy, but man, what a, like, you know, it was hard to watch as a fan. It really was because, you know, he, to me, he was one of those guys when I was a kid. Ozzy was like a great god, like you <laughs> said. You know, he was a like he comes on stage and throws water on people, and you know, rips his shirt off, and he just running around, got Randy Rhodes on his shoulders and on tribute record, like the whole thing. And then to see him on the Osborne, so I'm I'm glad that enough time has passed that he he was able to put out you know some quality stuff and do a lot of touring and it, you know. I think he would, he's going to survive that, but that was kind of like a, uh, uh, I don't know, like a, what they call it, like some sort of tale for the rest of the rock and roll community. Yeah. Because, because I know for a fact that Viacom and MTV approached nearly every rock star we talked about, Nikki Six, Motley Crue, all this, all Tommy Lee, I think, did a reality show where he went to college. Yeah. And that was that. And that, and that sucked too, because Tommy Lee was one of the guys that I, you know, and I still love Tommy. And Motley Crue's gonna go down as legends, but 
man, I, I, I hope somebody buys copies of, of that show and burns it. Nobody <laughs> ever it. It, was like, it was like, what, what warehouse was it? Uh, one of those movie warehouses or somebody's warehouse where like everyone, it got burned and like everybody lost their masters. Wasn't that right? Like, was it, wasn't it like a couple yeah. years ago where they, they were like, fuck, we're, we don't have those albums. Those albums are gone. You know, that was, um, that was Warner brothers. Yeah. And, and there's a, you know, there's a segment of artists that believe that that whole fire, that they, they got the masters out before the fire, but yeah. without the masters, they, they like, oops, you know? So I don't know, but, but some of that stuff, they do claim doesn't exist anymore. And if, and if that's the case, how bad does that suck that you can't go back and get a Jimi Hendrix reel and hear what he was saying in between takes, yeah. you know? So, yeah, you know, it, it, the, the, but today the, the reason the rock stars, in my opinion, aren't as impactful as when we were kids is like you said, you can, you can almost, contact any of them really or at least tweet at them you know most of <laughs> or, them and, or you can get them to do a cameo for you you know like hey yeah. <laughs> what's up man you know like happy birthday dude you know like they don't know who you are but like yeah that's what you're getting like you could you imagine 14 year old rain or 14 year old joe like you know getting something like that from you know what you would have had to go through you had to have a rich uncle that knew everybody to fucking be able to get them to send you like a fucking handwritten postcard now you can be uh, like hundred bucks. You like you get Gene Simmons to fucking say happy birthday to you, <laughs> you know, through your dude, phone. Let, let me tell you when when uh, when Wednesday when we went out in two thousand five and did the summer festival, we got to do uh, do a festival with Motley and uh, and Nikki Six knew our guitar player really well from Amen, and he invited us backstage and. Me and Wednesday are hanging out with Vince and Nikki while they're making their set list, and they're just telling stories. And he and I look at each other like, "If you would have told our holy crap, this is the craziest moment, you know." But kids today are not going to have that moment because they're going to go, "Oh yeah, I got a cameo when I was 11, you know." But for for us, we were you know in our late twenties going this is the coolest moment of our life. And I know you got stories like that. Oh yeah, too, absolutely. You, you have those moments, but like. But here's here here's the thing. Like, I also think that the term rock star got used. It's it's way too used in too many. You know, it's become such a term that it's not even rock star. Like you know, like like dude, my mom's a rock star. You know, just because she kicks ass. Right. You know, like the term is like become a, a a part of our. You know, ingrained. It's like a it's woven into the fabric of who we are around the world. I'm sure in every language rock stars being used for, you know, whatever, like, Oh, my kid's a rock star, you know, and it has nothing to do with music. It's just because they fucking got A's in math all year. So you call them a rock star, which is awesome. I love that that term is, but I'm also mad that they took away that term from being what it was really meant for, you know? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That term got hijacked from being a rock star used to mean you were a little dangerous and had a little rebellious side and you were, you would get on stage hammered and just rock a thousand like rock star. You had to earn that title when we were kids. Cause you didn't just get handed rock star. And uh, that, you know, to me, rock star was just as powerful as gold medalist when I was yeah. a kid. But now, but now, you know, you're right. Like I, I hear people, I went, 
I saw a gig where this guy came out playing classical guitar. He was fantastic at it, no, no doubt. But it was classical nylon string guitar, <laughs> and the guy introduced him as the rock star of classical guitar. And I'm yeah, like, no, there is no rock stars no. of classical guitar. He doesn't exist. Fucking, what are you talking it's, about? It's what rock, rock yeah. star, rock, exactly. rock and roll. You know, yeah, that's where it should be. Like, no offense to Kanye and all those other people that are in different genres of music and those people who become rock stars. They're not rock stars. Rock and roll, goddamn! No. I'm a purist. You and I are purists here. Like, no, dude, keep no, it. Well, come up with some, a rap star or a pop star, you know? Even Michael well, Jackson was like, I'm just the king of pop. I'm not the king of rock. I'm the king of pop. You know? He what, didn't even take what, it. What if Lemmy had came out and said, I'm a hip hop artist? <laughs> How many people, you know what I mean? Right. Like, it, it makes no sense. <laughs> like, you know, you can't just claim that status because, you know, it's like, I'm the blah, blah, blah rock star. It's like, you're, no, you're, you're a rap star. You know, that's, a, that's just as powerful. Yeah. Just, you know, but you don't play rock. The whole thing is rock, the star. You know, you never heard, you, know, you never hear the guys in, Slayer go, yeah, we dabble in hip hop. No, you, you, you don't. You, no. They're, they're, they're rock stars. Rock they're, they're, metal, they're metal gods. You know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I mean no. we sound like old dudes. Like, get off my lawn. But I mean, obviously, the, the term has gone too far. If we can't, we, I don't think we'll ever get it back. But, you know, oh, again, no, this all goes back. It all goes back to the same conversation. But let me ask you this. And this is what the other part I was thinking about in the past few days is like, who do you think is the last. One, I can't say one specifically, but who is, who do you think those last group of people that got away with like, okay, they were the last ones, you know, I think the grunge guys, I think, yeah, I think Nirvana, I think Pearl Jam, I think, uh, I think even as far as Lincoln Park, right up to right around there. And I think that's when it was like, okay. You know, I'll tell you my my thought on it really quick is going back to that 2005 summer festival we were on. We did all the big big festivals, and it was right when My Chemical Romance was breaking through. It was right when um, those other bands coming coming up in that in that world, and they still had that like yeah. wow wow factor. But I think around 2005 was that is the last era of. Be it 2005 to 2007 was probably once social media became like such a powerful thing. I, I, I think we lost it, and I, I agree. I don't think I think the term rock star has a completely different meaning than it did in 1980, 81 than it does now. And, and we do, we totally sound like the old dudes. On the <laughs> yeah, no, we, we're, 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 the, we're the two guys at the, in the Muppet show, the, the two the guys that sit up in the balcony there. Yeah, for everybody listening to this, give us give us a pass because we grew up. We had to earn that title. We both earned we it. So. Even, even even some every once in a while, somebody's like, "Man, you know, like, you know, I'll put up a discussion and talk about rock stars, or you know, it's a conversation." And these people are like, "Well, dude, you're a rock star." I'm like, "No, no I'm not, man." But then again, you know, and in some terms, like in our hometowns, we are, you know, but like, I guess on micro levels, like some of us can be considered, you know, you and I could be considered rock stars, but like, I don't, I don't, I don't feel comfortable being called that because I don't, I equate it to who we're talking about right now, you know, so. Well, it's, it's, I look at it like this, it's going back to the gold, gold medal Olympian thing. 
they're not gold medalists every day they wake up, but they achieved it. And you and I both in our own ways achieved it. And so when people introduce me to their friends, like, yeah, he's a rock star. I, I get it. I'm like, well, not really currently, but I had a band <laughs> that did pretty good for a little while. You know, we made it. And making it in, in the record business is such a rare thing to do on any level. Right. When you earn that title, it's like, you know, to me, being able to say, that, you know, I got to do the things I got to do was like winning a gold medal. You know, being on Headbangers Ball, having a video played on the Headbangers Ball around the world. If you would have told my 12-year-old self that, I would have been, <laughs> I would have took that over a gold medal any day of the yeah. week. I would have said, like, give me Headbangers Ball. I don't care about the Olympics. I want to be a rock star, you know. Yeah. So I, I, th- I, I get it, but I see what you're saying, too. I think you're right. No, but I, I, you're, I think you're right. I think those bands like My Chemical Romance uh, and that, that, that lump, I can't think of any other bands right now, but that was a great, that's a great analogy because that's a band who still, like, they were supposed to tour last year, got postponed. They were supposed to tour this year, got postponed they've got postponed to next year only because they, they, they need the space. Like you, some of these bands can go out this year, but they're not stadium acts. There's no stadium tours happening until next year. So my chemical romance, and that was a band I didn't really dig at first. And now over the past year or so, a couple of years ago, I've dug back in and I'm like, you know what? And now that you said that, I'm like, man, yeah, they have that like rock star. That, yeah, those were the last. Those, those were the last phase. That was the last phase. And, and on those tours in 2004 and 2005, when we do festivals, they would play before us. This was when they were first coming up. So it was like I'm watching them like their crowds just multiply, and you could almost see it every you know every show. It just got bigger and bigger for those guys. And, they had that mystique and they had that, that quality. And you know what, if that is his name, Gerard, the singer. Yeah. Gerard uh, Way. Yeah. It, you know, if he never does anything again, he made it. He was a rock star. I don't, I think that window is closed on a lot of people. He, he kind of was the last of, and Tobias is kind of some ways, but they were the last guys to get through that window before it's like, there really isn't a rock star. Yeah, but, you know, like, to yeah, me, but my like, chemical romance definitely had like super mainstream success, you know, success yeah, and panic at the yeah. disco. Those bands like all broke and broke huge, you know? Oh yeah. hundred percent. And I, I wasn't a big fan of my chemical romance in the beginning, but they didn't make music for me. They made music for the younger generation and, you know, going back, I'm like you, I dig a lot of their stuff now that when I didn't really give a good chance to, I don't feel like before, but well, could they come back and be a stadium act? I don't know. Motley Crue's a stadium act. I don't know if my chemical romance yeah, would be, but, but I, listen, I think they, Motley Crue has to be with Def Leppard and they have, the, they, they couldn't, Motley Crue couldn't do stadium by themselves anymore. They right. couldn't no, do I get it. that. 
No, they could do amphitheaters, but I mean, I still think that like even with Def Leppard, I'm like, dude, could they fill you know Texas Stadium with seventy thousand people? Like, could they? Can they do it? You know. Well, concerts now are different. Like Motley, you're you're right. Motley couldn't fill a stadium on their own, and I don't know that next year they were able to do what they were going to do because it's all the heat from the Dirt movie and how successful it was. That's going to be really in the in the past next summer. So we're we're going to see, but you know, well, and it maybe, doesn't it doesn't help that Vince came out on stage a couple of weeks ago, sang five oh songs, and you know, it's like, dude, how are you? <laughs> like, you got a year, dude. You got one year to get your shit together. You know, but but I think if you took all those bands from that era, the My Chemical Romance era, Panic at the Disco, put them all together, they probably could do do a smaller oh, stadium you know they probably but that's probably in my opinion the last of the real era of the 2004 to 2007 was really the last of eras of a rock star because once you close that window of rock star being dangerous and mystique and you, you had you, you were able to have you know anonymity you know, the Slipknot guys kind of pulled off the anonymity thing really well too for a long time. They, they did because again, they were, they came out pre, you know, pre super yeah, internet, you know, and they, and they did a pretty good job for quite a while, you know, um, they, they were able to do it. And eventually it was just like, dude, yeah, we can't do this anymore. You know, <laughs> you know, especially when they were going to, you know, launch stone sour. And once that record came out, I'm like, Oh, well there's, that's what Corey looks like. That's what Jim looks like. And it was just a, but even so, man, there's guys in slipknot that could walk by you on the street right now. And you wouldn't fucking know they're in slipknot. I mean, you know, Corey, right. you know, Corey, right. Corey's probably the only guy that could walk by you on the street where you're like, oh my God, is that Corey Taylor? But the other dudes in the band, you'd probably be like, I don't, I don't know who the fucking guy is. <laughs> like if Sid walked by you, you'd be like, I don't know. What the fuck is that dude? You know, like they, no, there's still some anonymity be only because of there's so many dudes in that band and you know. Yeah, no, they, they, they pulled it off, you know, and a few of the, the other kind of, you know, wear mask kind of bands pulled it off and did, did their thing. And, you know, they, they all made it, you know, mushroom head made it. Slipknot made it. They, we, once you got success on a level and you made it, you could, you could always put in your trophy case. i made it. I was a rock star, even for a month, a year, a week, two years. I, you know, like for me, perfect, perfect, you know, talk about you, you know, to give you some flowers while, you know, while we're talking, I'm at WrestleMania at Levi Stadium in San Francisco, ready to rock. And all of a sudden, you come over the loudspeakers <laughs> as thunderous as anything. You know, the Big Show song, you know, and, and I look over at my friend. I'm like, that's my buddy. He is, he's, he's a legend. Check this out. Like, and I was such a proud, but that's a rock star moment. That's a nobody rock star. Can yeah, nobody can take that from me, but I can literally be sitting in WrestleMania and not say a word to anybody. And that song could come on and no one, no, no one would know it was me. I'd be like, yeah, that's, right. I'd be like, that's me. And they're like, okay, dude, whatever. Yeah, right. And I could even imitate it and I could even sound like it. And they're like, yeah, whatever. They still wouldn't freaking believe me. You know, I was like, oh dude, it's so funny. But you know what? Like, I got that moment like that. Exactly. No one can take that away from me. And like, I'll, I'll tell that that's, that's like, 
out of all my things that I do, that's like the most recognizable. And I feel bad for the guys in my band because my guys in the band played on that. But like, like my voice is what everyone knows, you know? So like the guys in the band know that, you know? So it's like, yeah, we played on it, but like that could have been anybody playing there, but this is my voice to got the, that got us the gig. And the guys in the band will say that like, we didn't get it because we were shredding guitar players or we're a killer band. We got it because they fucking heard your voice. And like, yeah, this is a guy, (laughs) you know? So like, even but, if, you if, know, like, if, that was, if that was my only moment in my entire career, then that I'm, I'm like, I'm cool with that, but I've had more than that. But that was like, Oh yeah, that's dude. cool. You know, you and I walked among talk about Greek gods. I know kids there. There, I have a buddy whose son who's like in high school who worships Dimebag and he thinks of Dimebag as this mythical thing that's never really existed. And I'm like, Dude, you have no idea. Like, that guy was the best dude on the planet. And you got to play shows with those guys. I've seen pictures of you on stage with that yeah, guy. That guy, he went down as a Greek god. Yeah. And, and I think I think Pantera, I don't think they get the credit for being rock stars. No. They were rock stars, you know. And they were one of the first rock stars who understood, we'll let the fans in a little bit when they did those home videos. They let the fans in a little bit. It wasn't like every night live stream kind but of thing. They, but they did it in a way where they could stay, they could get super close with their fans. And super, I've never, I never saw a metal band or any band for that matter be as closely tight knit with their fans and literally know who their fans were by names, even if they met them once. Like Diamond Vinny would remember you if they met you once. They'd be like, hey, man. I remember you, you blah, 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 and all that. But they still were able to maintain the mystique somehow. They did it. I don't know how the fuck they did it. Other bands that tried that didn't have that same same thing. Well, you know, Don and Vinny, I think they knew that they were putting out beyond legendary music. I mean, that, that, that they're going to be studied that that brotherhood is going to be studied like Alex and Eddie. Yeah. By for musicians for eternity are going to study that, that, you know, those two guys. And I think they had the confidence of knowing we don't have to, you know, they, they were so confident that it would, they would literally roll out of bed and whatever they had on and just go hit the stage and crush the whole place. They didn't give, <laughs> they didn't give two, two craps about what anybody thought. And, and that made them rock stars, you know, it, cause it was like, these guys are so such larger than life. And, you know, and, and whenever someday, you know, I'll tell my kids about like, Oh yeah, I, I got to play shows with that guy. I got to, you know, hang out with that guy. Like, you know, I'm, so jealous of how much touring you got to do with Motorhead, dude. That's legend. <laughs> you walk among, you got to walk among a god of gods. Lemmy's gonna has a statue of him right. in L.A. Well, the, the, you know? the moment where I knew that like Lemmy like anointed us, you know, like one thing was for him to accept us and come up and talk to us and like you know really enjoy the band. But like, the, right before the second tour. We did with them in 2005. We toured in 2002 and then again in 2005. And that second time around, uh, he did an interview in New York City on like the first or second date we were doing on that tour. And he it was Metal Edge or Metal Maniacs, one of the two. 
And he said in the, in the magazine, they're like, well, you know, the guy asked him, you're like, we all know what you've been listening. You've listened to. We've talked about your influences multiple times in multiple interviews. Who do you think is, you know, like, what are you digging right now? You know, like, what are you into right now? What do you think people should be, you know, give us some of that stuff. And the first band off his tongue was Brand New Sin. He's like, well, we're on tour with Brand New Sin a second time. And he chuffed us up. And I remember reading that article and being like, dude, he, he fucking even, I'm like, I know we hung out with him. He knows us, but he like, he knows us and loves us. You know, I'm like, dude. Uh, you know that and there was another moment it was on i think it was what was it fuse tv that julia was on fuse right i think so yeah so, so she was interviewing zach wild in 2002 right before we went out with them and zach wild they're like you know like well what what, what bands you know what do you what, what bands do you dig right now and he's like brand new sin shadows fall soil like the first one off his tongue was us. And I just were like, holy shit. You know, these are guys that we both had on our walls. I had Zach, I had a Zach poster. I had Lemmy posters on my walls. I didn't have, I had like no fair faucet. I didn't have swimsuit models. I had rock stars on my wall. And I'm like, these dudes that were on my walls are now freaking digging what I do. I'm like, what, what the fuck? You know, like, yeah. So, you know, you and I got like led into the club, like if you're the, like the Friars, oh, yeah. like the Friars Club, right? That, like that, you got to get invited in to be in the Friars Club as a comedian or like an actor or something like that, like and get that jacket. You, you know, we got yeah. let in, dude. We, yeah, I mean, some people get to go. You know, you, not everybody's Tom Brady and plays in ten Super Bowls. Some people get <laughs> to get to go to one Super Bowl. And that's kind of like, you know, on, like on the, the practice squad and they're things. on the practice squad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Whatever it takes, you got to do it. But yeah, you're right. We got in the club when in 20 years, you're going to tell you, you know, your kids like, yeah, I've toured with Lemmy and Zach Wilde. These guys are Greek gods at, to, to rock and roll, you know, and I'm going to tell my kid, well, I toured, we toured with Alice Cooper and played show with Molly <laughs> Crew and do all this stuff. You know, it's just like, I would to be able to tell them about these legendary mythical figures that like I I think all those guys are playing it smart and not you know doing too much they're still staying like the Led Zeppelin guys you never hear anything about them and they're still just as mysterious today as they ever were yeah. so you know I, I hope I hope there's a way in the moving forward but let me ask you this do you think are, is, is the day of being able to be a rock, a real rock star not meaning like sex, drugs, rock and roll, but real like anonymous head, keep your head down and rock and roll and, and nobody bother you and, and, and only let people know what you want them to know. Do you think the days of that are over because of people would go, well, if you don't give me your time, I'll just go to, to this guy's page. <laughs> well, no, you know? I, I think there'll be a snapback at some point. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, it's a, it's a, it's like anything, anything that contracts, you know, will, you know, come back together, you know, like it's like a breath, you know, your breath's going to go and your breath's going to come out and like some things come in and some things come out. And I think at some point people are going to want that again, you know? And I think if, if enough people want it, that'll allow a space for people to do it. And, and it's going to purposely have to be done, you know, back in the day you kind of did it and it just happened. But I mean, going back to Tobias from four, you know, from ghost, he like, he did it purposefully and was fond about it. If there's enough space and the people want that back, then yeah, absolutely. But the 
artist is going to have to kind of know it and know have to, to play with it. Because I mean, with the internet, you, you can get yourself anonymous. If you keep your circle super, super, super tight, you, you could pull it off. I think you can pull it off. I think it's going to be a lot more fucking effort. <laughs> I think there's right. going to have to be an effort to become a rock star. As where before you just like you became one because you were who you were. Like now it's gonna. Right. I don't know if it's going to ever happen organically like the, it did before. I think there's a there's room for it to come that way in some new shade of gray, uh, but it's going to have to be coerced in some aspect. At least that's well, what I think. You know. I, I agree totally. And, you know, but what, what sucks is up until I'd say 2010, you had to almost, like you said, get led into the club by a record label. I know you were on a, a, a pretty good label. We were on Roadrunner. And, um, you know, they, they kind of were the ones that said, welcome to the party. Now a kid doesn't need anything and it's who can market better, who can get more TikTok views, who can get more <laughs> this, it, that the model is just so different. And it's like, <laughs> they invite themselves to the club and you look at them go, because there's some acts that, that are just gigantic that just are awful, you know, and I'm not going to name any names. I'm not going to try to get in trouble, but yeah. that, but there are, you, you have to admit there are some acts you scratch your head and go, what are you doing? And they're just marketing. They're just, yeah. they're just a hype. They're just well, a hype product type. We talked about this on the last episode. I had, um, I had Lennon Murphy on. Remember so Lennon? No, she lives in Florida. She lives in Florida now. Lives okay. in Orlando. Doesn't even really do music at all anymore. But I, I reconnected with her because her manager was our manager near the end of Brand New Sin, and we became close. And like we just reconnected, and I'm like, "Fuck, let's, fuck, you want to be on the podcast tonight? Let's just talk." And she's very outspoken. I mean, she got signed when she was 17 years old, and heiress to records, and like she, she was on that. She got signed in the days when it was still cool to get signed. It was a lot of money, but her record came out on September 11th. We talked about that, but so what we got to was is like. She goes, it's so fucking crazy. When you listen to like modern rock radio stations, they're still just playing the same fucking band. <laughs> they're just playing the same bands they were 10, 15 years ago. Seether, Shinedown, Nickelback, you know, like let's name it. But then all of a sudden you get this band and I see it being on the radio station that I work for. I don't want to name any of these bands, but all of a sudden you're like, these bands are getting tons of fucking spins. You hear them all day long. And then all of a sudden they come and play a club show here in Syracuse and 200 people show up maybe maybe right and it's like wait a minute back in the day if they if the band was getting that much airplay on the radio station on k-rock 
you wouldn't have been you would that club show would have sold out in two minutes they would have fucking been like okay we got to move him to the theater we got to move him to the next like level but like that level of airplay on radio does not translate to fans showing up for your shows anymore and then that's why part of these festivals are kind of dying out like the k-rockathon died out up here that was the biggest festival every year 20 plus almost 25 years of that but eventually they got to a point where my friend stacy and i were like well they were bringing back Seether again to shine down, you know, and shine down the headline like every other year was Seether or shine down or, you know, it was the same bands coming back because they were like, well, well, you're going to get to headline. There's like, you've already fished the pond dry, you know, there's no, nobody knew that came out in the past 15 years that could headline a fucking festival and not in the rock world. At least, you know, we can go into the other worlds and yeah, they could probably do that Coachella and all those stuff, but you have to get super eclectic, but you're not going to see a rock band like Headline Bonnaroo, not a new one. You know? No, well, well, legacy rock and roll media like magazines, MTV, the radio stations, K Rock, KNAC, all that. You know, the legacy stuff is kind of gone. Yeah, you know, and and the one you're right, like what people talk like the the single my early Ray band put out last year, we got top forty airplay. It didn't catch on because nobody listens to radio anymore. They listen to their Spotify list. I mean, that's, right. you know, the guy, the guy at the station was like, "Dude, we're pumping you as hard as we can." It didn't, it didn't even move, move the needle, you know. And you know, not saying that, that it hurts, but I think when advertisers figure out that there's that their dollars as terrestrial radio and legacy media, they they already pulled out of the magazines, so they all kind of went away for the most part they pulled out of a lot of stuff and, you know, and at some point they're going to pull out a radio and, and we're yeah. just going to be, we're going to be, our radio is going to no longer be local radio. It'll be, you know, Spotify well, station. It, it is now. I mean, nobody, no, there's no program director at a radio station anymore. Even the smallest ones. You right. Know, um, you know, you know, you get larger conglomerate radio stations that like some panel and sits in Massachusetts, wherever like headquarters is, they program fucking f- 50 stations, you know, like right. my, my station work at is still independently owned. Um, but even if I had our quote unquote program director, there's no program director there. There's like a branch, there's a market, there's a, a brand manager, you know, like our uh, boss, we call her boss lady. She's a brand manager and she kind of, one of her hats is, um, is, uh, is program director, but it's not what it was back in the day where that person literally had a say on what, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to start spinning this band. Remember the days when the DJ actually had the fucking power to do that? Like that doesn't exist. Uh, Nobody has that power anymore. You know, not on a huge level, you know, like if you got a boutique show. Yeah, absolutely. But no, I mean, it's, it's like, like you said, when we were growing up, the DJs like Dick Clark and uh, Howard Stern, even and, like they would break bands yeah. and um, because they liked them and they thought, well, my audience will like this and I'm going to play this somewhere probably in the mid to late nineties when radio was kind of at its peak, everything was dominated and controlled. And, you know, the DJs literally showed up and the the music was already laid out for them. They just talked in between. Yeah. They didn't have, they didn't have any say, no. you know, and uh, I mean, they can, you know, it, like nowadays you, the only thing that I've seen when I'm on the morning show, 
that they can do. It's like, oh, well, shit, we'll move this song here. But the other song, it, it, you're just shuffling songs. You didn't get a chance to like right. actually pick it. Like every once in a while, someone actually calls in and they're like, yeah, man, I want to hear like blah, blah, blah. And they're like, what fucking year? <laughs> what fucking year is this? You just called up to make a request? Like, yeah, we'll get right on that. Like, you know, that doesn't exist. <laughs> like, what are you calling from a pay phone, bro? You're like, <laughs> back to the future. You showed up. What like, what you, yeah, what are you doing? It's like, dude, you can hear. You can hear it. Just pick your phone up and just type it in. You can hear it right now. You don't have to wait for us to play it. <laughs> Well, I tell you, man, my, my opinion is that the future of radio is on guys like you who have great morning shows and have, yeah. have great programming. If that's what, if that's, if radio has a shot at, at, at surviving long-term, you know, in the digital era uh, or, or streaming era, I'm sorry, it's going to be guys like you who, who are able to put on an entertaining show where people tune in to really be a part of the experience, just like a Howard Stern or, yeah. you know, got you know uh who was it in was ona in new york opie and anthony all those guys like they put on these crazy shows that people loved and but the days of just turning on like a country station and just 24 hour country music and it really <laughs> making a making a difference for an artist i don't i don't know i mean the people and, and, you know, the people that i know that listen to radio still are like old school they're people like us and they're 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 at work and they just need something in the background uh, to listen to, uh, you know, but a lot of people are just like, yeah, I got Pandora on, which like, I've never get listened to Pandora. It's so like, man, I don't have any control over it, but those, some people don't listen to music the way we do. Some people just want the, you know, they want to, they don't want to think about it, you know? Um, so yeah, it, terrestrial radio will survive on some level, but I don't think it'll ever completely die, but it's, it's definitely changed. I've watched it. You know, I've been in it. Oh, yeah. I mean, in satellite radio, I remember it took a real um, bite out of the apple when Sirius and XM came along and, like, all every car was installed with it. And, um, you know, it, it kind of moved into that direction for a little while. It's like, oh, now you can get any channel. It's censored or uncensored. It didn't matter. And, you know, it, it – I think it'll always be around just like there's, there's, there's old guys like us that, you know, in the movie business that go, well, they don't make movies like, you know, whatever movies will still get made. It'll be around. It just won't be like we remember. And, you know, no, it's not going to be the driving for, I mean, they were literally a cultural driving force. So they could literally break a band overnight, overnight. If you don't, if done correctly, marketing campaign, the next thing you know, you got 30 radio stations that simultaneously started playing this, song at one time like the internet can do that on its own and there's ways of manipulating the internet if you got the right people to be able to do the same thing um but it's it's not the same a lot of times when they try to do that it'll backfire because if it's not good it's just i don't care i don't care how fucking much money you throw at something if something sucks it sucks you know yeah i mean there's <clears throat> there's stuff out right now you know like it's like you said before, without naming names that, that people are like, well, it's a blah, 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 a number one record. I'm like, you're never going to hear the song in six months. It's no. like, you know, it just, it's just, that's, that's media. That's called a push by somebody with money or, a, you know, a, the few labels that are left or, you know, now, now what's big is sponsorship deals. They yeah. look at the, you know, we used to be looked at as artists. 
now we're looking looked at as people that can push brands. Yeah. And that's and that's, you know, some of the YouTubers and the TikTokers' faults for all that. But, you know, again, that goes back to that's what the younger generation does and hey, good on them because, you know, when my dad was a kid, they did it different than we did. But you know, it, it. yeah, but here's the thing, and I, this was a conversation I had in a, another podcast. I don't remember who it was. Uh, we were talking about it like back in the day, like, um, man, you're like, man, you, whether it was Dimebag or you go back to the Beatles, like the Beatles, when they went on Ed Sullivan, the next day, everybody's like, yeah, I want to go buy a guitar. <laughs> you know, like every kid wanted oh, a fucking yeah. guitar. You know, now, like, nobody's like, once in a while you see a kid come out and you're like, wow, man, a kid's shredding on a guitar or shredding on his instrument or shredding on, like, um, drums. I mean, you see those kids all around the world, especially on YouTube. I follow a bunch of them. Like, man, this kid's, like, eight years old. So there are kids that are getting into it, but, like, majority of kids are like, well, why do I got to pick that up? I can just fucking smash a bottle over my head or do something stupid, make content on TikTok, and they... You know, they that that's the rock star. They just want to become famous for whatever. They don't give a shit. They just want to be famous. Well, what do you want to be famous for? I don't know. I just want to be famous. <laughs> you know, well, okay. well, look, look, at the, look at the Logan Paul kid. He became famous YouTuber, then decided, I want to be a boxer. He started bo- You know, it's like these kids are just, they're becoming brands, and they're not really known for one thing. They're just kind of jumping around all over the place. But when... In 2015, I was living in Hollywood, in West Hollywood, and I would walk my dogs up and down the block, it, and uh, we would walk up and down past Guitar Center. And it got to the point where I kind of knew one of the guys up front at Guitar Center. Well, you know, it's like when when you go to the music store, you always see the same dudes, and they recognize you, that yeah. kind of thing. And I was checking out. I was buying some strings, and the guy just had just seemed like he had the worst day and it was right after Christmas and uh, I, I said dude you okay that you seem down he goes man because he, he was like an old school rock and roll guitar player guy and uh, he was a manager at this point so I think he was a little bit older he said yeah man I'm a little depressed We I seen the, I saw the numbers for Nationwide and this is the first year that DJ kids outsold guitars for Christmas yeah and so, yeah, he goes, he, uh, and I said, well, what do you think that means? He said, the end. The end. He goes, <laughs> he goes, every guy wanted a guitar because that's how you got the girl. And now the guys want the DJ kit because that's how you get the girl. Right. And that's, you know, and that, that, that's changed. And, you know, I think people are so hungry for it though. When, when some good, good cats do come along, people give or give them a chance. Like, uh, was it the Greta Van Fleet yep, band? That's exactly what it, I was going to say. Yeah, those guys, like, pe- people give, when they, you know, if if you can find a few knuckleheads who still are crazy enough to learn their instruments and write songs, there's a whole audience waiting for you, you know, and they want you to be rock stars. They don't want you to be TikTok stars. They want you to write yeah. music and, and, and have an opinion about uh, your, you know, your art and you know, the way you phrase chords and all that stuff, all that stuff matters, you know, and, but today, not so much yet. It's just yeah. people but, do what they want to do. But here's the thing. If you go to, and we talked about this on the last 
episode with Lennon, she brought it up too. It's like, great, Greta Grand Fleet's a bunch of young kids playing rock and roll, but I guarantee if you walk in there to a concert, there ain't no kids there. It's all us. It's yeah. all us old dudes. We're like, yeah, finally some kids. But there's no, I mean, there's kids, there's probably kids there, but like, Back in the day, if that was a band that was breaking, there was all the, there'd be nothing but kids there, you know. So it's like, right. what the fuck are the kids like? Where are what are they doing? Like, where are they going? Like, I remember my niece when she was in college. She's in her mid to late twenties at this point, and this was like ten years, not even ten years ago, a little less than ten years ago. I'm like, what do you guys do? You know, like, what, what you guys going out to bars? What do you guys do? They're like, no, we we sit around and and drink and watch YouTube videos. I'm like, what? I'm like, you're not sneaking into a bar, like getting drunk or going to a concert or something like that. They're like, no, we just, we get drunk and watch YouTube videos. We watch YouTubers and that's what they're doing. I'm like, Oh, okay. I see where this is going. You know, like this is her generation and that's really right. what it was. And that was, they were the precursor of why we're at where we're at now. And TikTok is, I mean, they're, they're breaking people on TikTok. you know, uh, Rogan, Joe Rogan said it a few weeks ago. I can't remember who he had on the podcast, but he was like, yeah, he goes, right before I left L.A., you know, I used to go to these restaurants, these trendy restaurants and these clubs. And, you know, like an actor would be like, oh, my God, so-and-so is going to be there. Tonight, or a rock star is going to be there tonight, you know, like and, you know, we got to try to get in so we can get a glimpse of him. And he's like, now it's like it's TikTokers. He goes, they're fucking they're the ones that are like ruling the clubs and the restaurants out there. Like, it's not the rock stars and the fucking movie stars. It's TikTok no, people. And he goes, it's I, fucking I, ridiculous. He's like, I had to leave. <laughs> That's why he's like, it's part of the reason why I have to fucking leave California. He's like, I couldn't take it. No, dude, you, he's he's right. When when if you go to L.A., anybody who's listening to this, just as an experiment, if you're in a tourist area like Venice Beach, Santa Monica, Hollywood, Hollywood Boulevard, Sunset Boulevard, look at how many people are talking into their phones or a camera. It's, it's crazy, dude. I see it's, it's not, if you go to Venice beach beach, it's nothing to see a hundred bloggers making a vlog at a time, like not dude, together. That's, that's crazy. Are you serious? Yes. A hundred percent. I was, I was just out there. I don't know. A month and a half ago. Yeah. 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 Dude, people, it's just, you're right. It's just, and Joe Rogan's right. It's, it's just that those TikTok guys, and what they do is they rent houses and they make them into TikTok houses and they get all these TikTokers and these TikTok guys have managers who develop their brands. That's what I'm talking about. It's like they, the, the people with the money don't look at artists anymore. They just look at people who could push corporate brands, you know? And yeah, it's wild, man. I mean, the days of, you know, seeing, Bands passing out flyers on the Sunset Strip are over. Now it's people vlogging about the doors, or which is cool. You know they're doing their thing, but it's like it's not one or two. It's it's like twenty twenty up and down the strip <laughs> making their different vlogs. <laughs> it's crazy. It's it's almost surreal to think about. Like like, but you're right. I mean, if you're saying it, and I've heard other, you know, obviously other people say it. I wouldn't not not trust you, but man, when I'm hearing this from multiple sources, like this is what it is. Like. When Rogan's like, yeah, he's like, it's just, he goes, it's ridiculous. He goes, people are trying to get a glimpse of somebody that you literally just get a glimpse of every day. You know, they're on there for 15 fucking seconds. Yeah. And when I was living out there in, in 2013, 14 ish, Rogan, I lived right up the street from the comedy store. And that was right when he came back to the comedy store. And dude, it was nothing to, if you were local, 
they would let you in for free. The, the comedy stores where a lot of comedians worked their material out. It was Richard Pryor's home, the Sam Kennison's home. It was a legendary place. But you would go there, and it would be Joe Rogan, Mark Marin, uh, Bill Burr, all these guys working out new jokes, and it would be free to get in, and there would be nobody. And then when I went two years ago, right before COVID, literally March of, I'd say two weeks before everything closed down from COVID, I went there, and because of the blow up of YouTube and podcasts and everything, dude, they had like security at the comedy store. Like they had to go, they escorted them out the back. You used to go through the comedy store. I have photos, and you could just, if you want to meet Joe Rogan, oh yeah, he'll be in the hallway between sets to say hey to him. Like now they have like security. It's and it's all because of these. Of, of these YouTube vloggers and stuff because they, they heard about it and they want to vlog the comedy store. So they really, they just, you just show up and it looks like the paparazzi, but it's not, it's <laughs> vloggers. You know, it's crazy. <laughs> Joe Rogan, to me, he, he is what society thinks of as a rock star. Yeah. You know, uh, Bill Burr is a rock star cause he's a, he's a known comedian, you know, um, Mark Mayer and all those guys are rock stars. But back in the day, the only comedians that could call themselves rock stars were Sam Kinison and Andrew Dice Clay. Yeah. That was it. The rest of them who well, said rock stars, like, I don't even talk to me about you being a rock star. But I want to know for sure. Every time I kiss you, I taste what other men have for lunch. The only thing can get you off is to see me in pain, but I think I love you. In my mind, I thought I'd say that. You make me trust you, then stuck the knife in my heart. You're a line, unfaithful, unfaithful. But now, you know, every, you know, they looked at, at all those guys as that. But to circle back, so we don't get way off track. This one <laughs> question for you: What's that? Who, who, who is your favorite all time? Not singer, not artist, not songwriter, but rock star. <laughs> Wow. I don't know if I could answer that right off the top of my head. I mean, it to me, everything always goes back to Kiss. Yeah, Gene perfected the rock yeah. star. I mean, and my favorite, I mean, as I got older, my favorite in the band became Ace because I realized how fucking cool Ace Freely was. But like, as a kid, Gene Simmons. Gene oh, Simmons. Yeah. I mean, dude, he took what, what was known as a rock star, turned it into a cartoon character, mythical creature, and fucking just honed it in on every fucking level. So, yeah, I yeah, mean, it, it's Gene's. I would say Gene Simmons, for sure. I agree. I agree with that. I 100% think Gene Simmons perfected what a rock star, you know, the, the whole rock starness. You know, you could say what you want about, you know, who he is as a person or how he can write songs or how good he could play bass or if he's a jerk or a nice guy. Say whatever you want to say. But when the demon took the stage in 1976 <laughs> and 1975 and 77 and, and did, you know, did the bass solo, he played the E string just, uh, uh, 
<laughs> he didn't play any music. He was a rock star. He no. spit blood and he flew through the sky. Listen, you know, when we were kids. I I understand that Kiss was a con- you know the original four were the original four, but if they didn't have Gene Simmons, I don't think they would have became no who they were. No, I I I heard a um, a Q and A before Bill Coin died in Atlanta, who was their manager who discovered yeah. them. And he said, he said when they started making toys, it would be four to one gene to everybody else in oh, the band. Absolutely. Like, like if they made action figures, they'd make four of gene for every ace or every Paul or every Peter. Cause his is the ones that sold. So I think, yeah, gene had, had there not been the gene kiss wouldn't have made it. You know, no. they would have been kiss would have been the New York dolls without yeah. gene. gene. Gene made them rock stars. He did. And, and, and purposefully, you know, he, here's oh, yeah. the thing where it's a lot of people, but the, here's the thing. A lot of people think that Gene's the brains behind that band with, from what I've heard, Paul Stanley's the real brains behind that band. You know, I, I, I think Paul Stanley, yeah, I think I, I've heard that too. And I've, I've kind of orbited that band a little bit, that camp. And I can tell you that, that from what I hear that he does run the show. But here's the thing: is he's smart enough to know feature Gene? Yeah, Let's absolutely. Always, always feature the rock star because the demon is the guy that puts asses in the seat. That's just what it is, you I know. Mean, and Paul is smart enough to know that. Yeah, he was, and I think I think that's you know now that now that we're gonna go down a, a little kiss rabbit hole for a second, but like that was the reason why Ace and Peter just you know they had their other problems with themselves, but they could never get like, dude, just know your role, man. It's okay. Just know your role. Like, dude, I would be comfortable if I would, I was in that position. That was the same way with Don Felder and the Eagles. Like the motherfucker just didn't realize he wasn't going to be Glenn Fry and fucking Don Henley. Like, dude, you're not them. Okay. Like it's okay. You're still getting fucking a shit ton of money. Like just shut up. Take your money. Like Kirk Hammett, Kirk Hammock knows he knows the Metallica. He's like, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to play guitar and, and, and get a paycheck. Like he's not even a member of Metallica. He's not, he's, he's a part of Metallica. He gets a paycheck. He's a well-paid employee, but he's not Metallica. And he's perfectly fine with that because he's getting paid. Like just know but your he, role. He's smart. Yeah. Cause Kirk, Kirk, Kirk is one of the smartest dudes in show business. You're right. He knows his role. He understands he's probably not going to be the first interview out of the band. He understands that James Petfield has this like weird feeling about his band members being in other bands. He's never put out a solo record that I know of. No, nope. he's never had it. He's never put out uh, another band side project that I've ever heard of. He's just been, you know what? I'm Kirk from Metallica, and that's better than ninety nine point ninety nine nine percent of anything I could be. So I'll just be happy being that yeah, guy. But the, but some of those some of those people that couldn't understand that the rock star that we're talking about was in the band. They want to be that person too. But you're like, listen, I'm sorry again. Don Felder wanted the same money as Glenn and and Don, and they're like, no, you're not getting the same fucking money. Yeah. We're we're these dudes. We're the reason why this fucking band is where we're at. We did this. We did that. We kept the bands. You know, what did you do in the eighties when there was no Eagles? Like we were making hits. You weren't right. just come back in a band. You're going to get $35 million a year. <laughs> Plus right. your residual. Like shut the fuck up. Like just shut up. 
<laughs> no, we're just going to kick. Now we'll, we'll just kick you out. We don't care. Now you're going to get nothing, you know? But all those guys, when they get older, all will tell you that, that you know, that they, they regret, you know, because they, w- once you realize you're replaceable, like, you know, Poison and Brett Michaels. Brett Michaels is not replaceable. No. The, Nikki Six found out the hardest way possible that Vince Neil was not replaceable. Um, you know, there's a, there's just certain guys that are not replaceable. And once they find out they're not replaceable, they they do get the – that's just how it works. They get more money because they're, they're actually not replaceable. But the guys that are replaceable – when they find out they don't have a gig anymore, they get they get humbled really quick. It's like, <laughs> oh, so you don't really need me. You just wanted me. I got you. Right. So, you know, usually they'll come back at the very end of the career and be like, yeah, my bad. You know, they'll come back and play a few shows here or there. But, yeah, if you're fortunate enough to be in a good situation, like in any, any band nowadays, especially that's doing well, know your role. I, I could make, you know, I could tell you, off the air a few bands and and I'm sure that you probably already know who I'm talking about but there's a few bands that had a shot at doing stuff and it's just like you said everybody wants to be the dude and it's not it's not there's you know when you watch a baseball game there's a guy who pitches and if if, if the guy who pitches tried to be the right fielder it's not going to turn out well for that <laughs> you know what I mean it's like you got you got to know your position you know, and but what happens now is the right fielder always wants to be the pitcher, and you know, and those bands always implode. But so, did you have? What did you think on a rock star level? Because I, I, I tell people who I think perfected the rock star was Gene Simmons. Yeah, but I think overall, best rock star when you talk about talent, songwriting, charisma, and just owning it is Freddie Mercury. Oh, and but, but, no doubt. And there is nobody that even comes close to him. The only person that comes close to Freddie Mercury that I would hold in the same regard as Freddie Mercury is Prince. The only yeah. one those other than that, you're now you're going to be like, mm, yeah, okay. Well, yeah, they have a little bit of a little bit of that, but Freddie Mercury, number one. And the only guy that comes within the same universe as Freddie was Prince. Other but than the that, most, the most what? But the, the most dangerous rock star. See, I think the guy who perfected the rock star's gene. I think the yeah. guy who was the best all around, best all around talent and rock star was Freddie. But I think the most dangerous rock star and the last dangerous rock star where you really felt like, I don't know what the fuck's going to happen when this is. <laughs> I know was Axel. Yeah, Axel. Shed a tear because I'm missing you. I'm still all right to smile. Girl, I think about you every day now Was a time when I wasn't sure But you set my mind at ease There is no doubt you're in my heart now Said woman, take it slow Just a little patience 
Axel or Marilyn Manson? Yeah, but Manson wasn't as mainstream as Axel. Axel was you got a point there. Was, yeah, with Sweet Child of Mine, he was in every house. He was. Yeah. They were playing their songs at the prom. They don't. They didn't play Beautiful People at the prom. You no. know what I mean? Like they, 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 <laughs> right. And they Great they point. still play. They still play Sweet Child of Mine. So they looked at Axel was like, man, this guy who writes these beautiful songs, Don't Cry Tonight, Sweet Child of Mine. But then he, when he when he flips the switch into Welcome to the Jungle, that guy yeah. who jumps off the stage after people who starts riots and shit, yeah. and, you know. And, and when you find out it wasn't an act, he was really that guy. He was really a pissed off kid from no, Indiana. He was, who, and I, I mean, and, you, you know how close I have ties with the people within that camp. You know, I had right very close ties, so I've heard the stories, man. And like, there was no that was that was Axel, man. He wasn't. Right. <laughs> he was, that wasn't a show like that dude was legit and as fucking real as it comes I think I think nowadays he knows it and he became that and then he knew how to coerce it but like at, right. at the root of it I mean that was an organic that was a totally organic thing you know yeah no I, Axel Post use your illusion I don't know what happened to him and, and, and the thing is is God bless the guy he's gonna go down as one of the biggest rock stars ever but Axel during Appetite for Destruction and Use Your Illusion I remember going to see them. Actually, my buddy posted this. This is weird. It was 30 years ago yesterday. I saw them with Skid Row. And I remember I was so nervous before Guns N' Roses came on because I was like, I don't know if Axel's coming. And then when he hit the stage, I'm like, he's here. Oh, yeah, he's here. And it was just like, like you said, a rock star where he had that impact of just putting where he's making you go like, Oh my God, he showed up. And right. you don't, the dude, the dude caused uh, Montreal to half get tore down, you know, because he fucking right. James, James burns his arm. He gets up on stage, says, fucking, I am playing. And then the fucking Olympic stadium in Montreal literally gets fucking torn to shreds. And that stadium was never the same after that. They like, yeah, we're going to, we got to build another one. Cause that guns and roses fucked it up in 92. Fucked it up. Oh, well, he, to me, you know, you, I mean, people will make claim and say, you know, some, there's some, you know, black metal guys that are more dangerous, but they're not rock stars. No, they're not. They just weren't, they were, they were rock stars were, were guys that sold a lot of records. I mean, you know, got yeah. to play big shows and stuff like that. In that term, meaning like Freddie Mercury, Gene Simmons, Axl Rose, in that league of, of people who made it and Axel, man, I still think there could be books upon books of stories that people have forgotten about that guy. My friend, my friend, Robert John, who I've, I've kindly asked to be on my podcast and Robert was their main photographer. It was them and Gene, Gene Kirkland were the, like every photo you've ever seen of guns and roses was either taken by Robert John or Gene Kirkland, most likely Robert, Robert right. and, and, and Axel were very, very close. That's how Robert got the gig. Robert was a, you know, I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but Robert was, uh, he rode motorbikes, you know, like motor, you know, like, uh, BM, not BMX, but like motocross and he got hurt and he couldn't race him anymore. Right. And he had a camera and, and Axel's like, dude, you take some pictures of the band, you know, like this band. And then he just started snapping photos. And Robert has 
and I'm trying to get him on the podcast. He said, I'll consider it. He doesn't fucking do interviews with anybody. So I'm like, dude, please, please. So Robert, if you hear this, please, man, please consider it. I think I might be able to, I would love to have him on here, but, but he, oh, won't, yeah. he won't, he won't divulge. I've tried to get him to divulge even off the record and he won't, but he's, he showed me, he came out here once to, to, to do some film work with me uh, and do a little, you know, you know, videos for me and shit like that. And he's like, this hard drive's got everything. I'm like, oh, what do you mean everything? He's like, dude, you want to see some shit? He had every, he was on the road with them in a van and he has videotape of every fucking minute of before Appetite, when Appetite came out, before it broke, rehearsals in between. But I mean, dude, got the motherfucking load. Geffen Records wants it. It's been wanting it for years, like literally offering Robert enough money to like Robert would never have to worry about a fucking penny again or his kids, you know, but Axel won't fucking let it go. Everybody else in the band will sign it off because Axel and Robert had a gigantic falling out and they sued each other, you know? So like they won't, they just won't speak, but like there is, I've seen that, that mother load that you were just referring to. It exists. I've seen it. It was in my house. <laughs> On a, hard, on a hard drive and I got to see some of it and I was like wow man if the fucking world got to see you know Guns N' Roses just writing patience in a fucking Motel 6 you know like dude oh yeah dude it, it, the story we, at Cancer's Deli a guy named Mark Canner yeah really really nice guy super nice guy he, he knew he was best friends with Slash from childhood and you know I would see him at it canners quite a bit. And, you know, he was always nice. And, you know, uh, Stevie Rochelle introduced us. So he, he kind of was introduced from a friend of a friend. So he was always really cool to me. But he, he had these stories that were just like, I'm like, you're, dude, you could have the dirt part two. If Guns N' Roses had a biopic pick on them, it would have to be a 10 part series because yeah. the stories of those guys are just, crazy it, but I love it because they lived it they were it they you know a lot of bands came after them and you saw people try to be the bad boys try to be the rock they actually was the guy even on Metallica's home videos Lars Ulrich said yeah, we picked Guns N' Roses because I was so attracted to Axel not like <laughs> physically attracted no, to him no, but, but just yeah. Just so he was just enamored with this guy. Like, he, yeah, we're taking them out. And, you know, and he knew ahead of time the dangers of taking Axel. And like you said, there was a riot in Montreal. And, it, you know, I think they had a falling out. But it's like, hey, you play with fire. That, that guy during that time was a, was, a, was a maniac. But he was – he. but when he got on stage, he crushed it. Yeah. I mean, you know, he, he, he was still, never – He still does. Like, when they came back and did the – you know, they came, they, you know, not in this lifetime and they brought it back and they were smart and like, listen, all right, cool. We're not going to get Steven Adler. We're not even going to get Matt Sorum. We ain't even going to get Izzy because Izzy just don't, Izzy doesn't give a fuck. He does not give a fuck. He just doesn't, doesn't want to be a part of that world. That's the reason why he left it. He won't go back to it. But they're like, if we can get Slash and Duff and Axel, then we have Guns N' Roses, you know? Um, right. And they did, but then he like, he got his shit together, man. And the videos and everything that I've seen, I'm like, dude, my, he's still crushing. Is he, 
I mean, he, oh, always, yeah, well, he always had such a distinct voice that it wasn't like, oh, my God, he's got the most beautiful voice ever. But, I mean, it's distinct. And he got better. Uh, I think there was a time when he was doing the Guns N' Roses without those dudes. And everyone's like, man, but he got those back. And he's like, I got to fucking turn it up. And they can do stadiums. Guns N' Roses could do stadiums and are doing stadiums. Whereas oh, yeah. Motley Crue, I don't think can because the motley crew got diluted there for a while you know it's like all right vince is in the band and tom remember there's a time tommy wasn't even the band they had a fucking girl drumming oh, yeah. girl from hole was in the band because he went and did like you know hip-hop and and new metal thing tommy lee goes to college era <laughs> yeah, yeah you know they had that whole other thing but it's like yeah you're right man axel so yeah those are those are your three if you took those when you're looking at rock stars those are you know obviously Without going back to Ling, but like, yeah, we have Elvis because Elvis was the first. After that, it was like, those are the dudes that like took it and took it to what we are talking about and what is no longer attainable. Gene Simmons, Freddie Mercury, and Axl Rose. Yeah, those guys, and even Freddie Mercury, you know, you, if, if you get to know his story a little bit, he had a little, he... He had he had a dangerous side of like you didn't really know if he was going to show up on time and how he was going to be and he might go solo one year. He was one of those guys who was half a maniac too, but he he was such a talent. That's where that you know the stuff we love come from that crazy side. But you know if you look at talent, ability, and uh, creativity, and the ability to be a rock star, to me he he was. Yeah, nobody, the most well-rounded. No, yeah, Axel, Axel is just the most dangerous. You know, as far as like, because you know, you're right, Elvis, Buddy Holly, all those guys were rock stars in their own right, but they they weren't they weren't dangerous when when Ozzy came on the scene with Black Sabbath, and I think you're right. That's why Ozzy will end up ultimately getting a pass for the Osborne finale or uh, debacle. Is that he was he was the first guy in the first band to help take rock and roll into like this, this dangerous kind of dark, crazy world. Yeah, and, he he, t- he took, know. he took Alice Cooper, you know, stage annex and kisses stage annex, which, which became cartoonish. Like Alice wasn't like, Alice was dangerous in the beginning. Like, I mean, obviously, I mean, he was fucking throwing chickens in the, <laughs> into the audience and right. like that. But, and then kiss took it to another level, but like, Ozzy was like legit, like like we don't know what this fucking guy is gonna do at all. <laughs> you know, like what's he gonna do? Is he, you know he's gonna bite this or he's gonna piss on it? I mean, dude, that dude was yeah, he would be right up there too. But man, he took it to a place where it was like <laughs> people. I mean, it was he was national news. Yeah, this rock star just pissed on the fucking animal. <laughs> like nobody, <laughs> even even Alice Cooper at his worst in drinking days wasn't going to piss on the Alamo, you know, like Ozzy just didn't give a fuck. He did not give a fuck. Well, the thing is, is most, you know, and this is to Alice's credit and he's still touring and he's still doing it well. Most of Alice's stuff, and he'll even tell you, and, and, and especially in like the Shep Gordon documentary, a lot of it was, was planned, plotted, developed, it was really a show, you know, kind of a vaudeville, like old school show. Ozzy had a bucket of water and a bunch of piss and vinegar. And you didn't know what was going to happen with that guy. You know, he, he, he definitely took the rock star star thing and made it dangerous. Alice made it visually dangerous. Gene 
perfected it. And, you know, there was guys, you know, like, you know, let's not leave out David Lee Roth. No. Dude, there was three, four-year period. Nobody could screw with David Lee Roth if you wanted to. He was the man. On a side note, you got to watch that. He was just on Rogan's podcast. I heard about it. I heard he like missing <laughs> he's, teeth. He's missing stuff. a tooth because he's uh, he doesn't drive a car anywhere, right? He doesn't have a cell phone or stuff like that. Like like he like he's got people that like coordinate his whole life. It's fascinating because like dude, and he's he just laughs at his own jokes. Like at first you're like, dude, this isn't this isn't even funny. But you're like, dude, this guy's fucking. He's the real shit. But yeah, he's missing a tooth. He's like, you're probably wondering why I'm fucking missing a tooth. I was riding my bike and I wiped out and I knocked a tooth out and now I got to walk around without a tooth. Whatever. I don't give a shit, you know, but like David Lee Roth. Yeah. I mean, he was never an amazing singer. Everyone's like, Oh my God, fucking his voice was shot. I'm like, motherfucker could never sing. He's a front man. No, Michael no, Anthony was, was a singer. Michael Anthony was a singer, you know, yeah. he's the one that sang Anthony all those things, sang. you know, a hundred percent. But dude, when I was a kid, when jump came on MTV every 20 minutes, <laughs> Yeah, in Pan- Panama, it, it showed uh, uh, David Lee Roth riding down Sunset Boulevard with his motorcycle, and he had all the all the girls with him, and it swinging was across like, the stage with a big boombox in his, you know, yeah. in his hand. He's like, you know, like, dude, yeah, nobody can fucking do that. But I think I, th- no. I, th- I think I think we basically have said what we need to say. But like, who knows, man. Well, let's, let's, let's wrap her up, man. You and I could, we'll sit here and talk, but whether anyone's going to keep listening to us, I don't know. I don't know if they've even made it this far, but if you have like fucking congratulations. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, uh, um, I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, man, of it, course. It's always a pleasure. And this has been a fun conversation. It, yeah. It's uh, it, it, it's a real topic and a real subject is that rock stars are on the endangered species yeah, list. They, they are. are. There's, and, only, and there's a few left. And I think when they die, they're going to be extinct. They might just become extinct. And there's going to be this one like, dude, I heard about this guy. Really? Where is he? Right. I don't know. Like there's still going to be, there's going to always going to be outliers, man. There will always be an outlier. That's what, that's the only hope that rock stars will have is that there will always be an outlier, you know, that will make it relevant and give it hope. Well, I think we should end on the hope note. Yes. And uh, <laughs> I, I, it's been an honor and a Always pleasure fun. to be on the Just Joe podcast again. And uh, let's uh, let's let's do a part three sometime. Yeah. Plus, we got to talk about the other podcast here at some point too. So, absolutely. All right, buddy. Well, just be be in touch. All right, Joe. All right. Talk to you All soon. Right. I love conversations like that. That's why I had to have Rain on there because him and I just we. If, him and I have, again, lived very similar uh, trajectories in our lives. We're the same age. Uh, we grew up very similarly, you know, you know, football stars turned uh, rock stars and, and guys that play in chicken wing bars. <laughs> and like him and I just, that's why him and I could have this. I could have this conversation with anybody, but him and I just really connect on a level. So I really hope you guys dug that because it's a legit conversation that I've had over different podcasts since very small small moments, but I really wanted to just address it. So I had to bring him on and he's going to be a huge part of the new podcast that I'm launching, uh, the rockin' podcast. He's going to really help me develop that. And rain's going to be someone that you're always going to hear. He's going to probably be the guy that I have on this podcast more than anybody, just because of the, uh, the, the kinship and the, the, the like-mindedness that we have. 
So uh, thank you to him. Check out his socials that are in all of all of this stuff. And I really hope you guys are digging what's going on. This might have been the longest podcast to date. So everybody, um, be well. I'll see you fucking next week. I don't know who I'm going to have next week. Who fucking knows? We'll see who's on episode 39. Take care, everybody. Yeah!